All right, well, let's open with a word of prayer. We'll dig into the word. Heavenly Father, we do pray as we go to your word right now that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher. Give us ears to hear what your spirit would say to us. You are indeed a great and an awesome God. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. briefly on Hebrews. So Hebrews, as we know, was written to the first century uh, Jews who'd gotten saved. Most of the first century church were Jews who converted, you know, became the Christians because they saw who the Messiah truly was, that Jesus was the answer to all the Old Testament prophecy. But what this letter is being written, I believe, by the Apostle Paul, but whoever God chose to write it, it's anonymous in its text, uh, was really exhorting them not to fall into the trap of adding to the cross of Calvary. And that's something that still continues today. And what the temptation was, was to go back to the old, old covenant, old, old Jewish ways. And again, the old covenant was perfect until Jesus came because it was all pointing to him. Can I get an amen to that? So when Jesus died on the cross, we're not sacrificing lambs anymore. We're not keeping feasts and rituals anymore. We don't need to. Those were all acts of divine obedience until Jesus came. But once Jesus came, it had all been fulfilled. But imagine again, I share this weekly, but there's new people here. Imagine being somebody who'd gone to temple your whole life. And then you recognize that Jesus is the savior. And now you're in a church, more than likely meeting in a home. And yet the shofar blows and people are still going to temple and they're still making sacrifices. And a lot of them are your family members. Praise God for quick enough hands. Can I get an amen? <laughs> but a lot of them are your family members. And so what's happening is that there's a, a temptation to think, well, maybe I still need to do that too. Maybe I need to go back and make sure I'm, I, I still should go to Passover and I, I still should go to these services and I, maybe I should still sacrifice a lamb every once in a while just in case, you know, I got to keep myself covered. I've heard people say that. I'd have people in the church I pastor in Santa Cruz that would go to mass in the morning because they'd gone to mass their whole life and then come to church at 10 o'clock because they wanted to make sure their bases were covered. And as I always say, Jesus already covered them all. Can I get an amen to that? So we saw that this whole focus of this book is Jesus is better. It's the supremacy, the supremacy, excuse me, of Jesus Christ. That's what Hebrews is about. So he's, we saw first he's better than the prophets. Prophets used mildly by God. Jesus is better. Then we saw he's better than the angels. Angels used mildly by God, but Jesus is better. Last week, we saw that Jesus is better than Moses. Now that's saying something to the Jews because Moses is right up there with Abraham. You know, he's the one that, that God used to deliver them out of bondage, that God used to part the Red Sea. And God, it, was, it was to Moses that the word of God was given to lead them through the wilderness for the 40 years they wandered in the wilderness. Moses is in their pantheon of, you know, the greatest of all the prophets, the, these mighty men of God. Jesus is better than Moses. Moses used mildly by God. Jesus is better. So now as we come to chapter four, he continues to write to them. And if you've got your outline, grab it. And I tell the message, entering into his rest. We're going to see the word rest nine times in this chapter this morning. And what he's letting them know is when you have Jesus Christ, you don't need to strive anymore. You don't need to try to earn salvation anymore, which a lot of people do. Jesus plus nothing equals salvation. Amen. And he wants us to enter into his eternal rest, but he wants us to enter into his rest here and now. A lot of us are restless. And we're restless because we're still looking for something else. There's something missing in life. When I talk to people about the Lord, a lot of times they'll say, yeah, something's just missing. Well, let me tell you what's missing. It's Jesus Christ. Amen. It's the Holy Spirit. It's not the promotion at work. It's not getting married if you're single. It's not having kids if you're not. It's not buying a house if you have a condo. It's not, you know, whatever that thing is, getting the new car that you think you need, going on the vacation that you've always dreamt of. Those things aren't necessarily wrong, but your flesh will never be satisfied. You can never get enough of it. The new car smell wears off. Can I get an amen? <laughs> what happens is no matter what you strive after, at some point you will recognize it's not enough, but Jesus is enough. Amen? And when you have the Lord, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, when you're born again, you can enter into his rest and have rest even when you don't have everything in the world that you think you need. God provides for our needs, not for our wants. He's a faithful God. So entering into his rest, let's take a look at this quickly, then we'll dig into the text. Number one, how do you enter into the rest of God? If you're restless, if your life is kind of troubled, if you're struggling, we talked about this on Thursday night with discouragement, with all that's going on in the world right now, if you're distracted, how do you enter into his rest? Number one, 
by responding to his word with believing faith. Guys, it's not enough just to read it and hear it. We need to have faith to believe it. Amen? A lot of people will read the Bible, but they don't know the author. And when they read it, you know, how many of you, be honest, before you got saved, you would read the Bible and it didn't make a whole lot of sense. Can you raise your hand? Okay, you'd read it and go, what in the world is this about? I don't get it. And you know why you don't, didn't get it? You didn't have the Holy Spirit. Amen? You didn't have, the Holy Spirit is our teacher. And so we didn't understand it. So we need to respond to the word of God with believing faith, accept it by faith, accept the free gift of salvation, and we do need to heed his word. If we will, we will have rest. If you don't heed the word of God, you will be wandering aimlessly. Your life just won't make a whole lot of sense. You'll be trying to figure out why you're not happy. Again, happiness is based on everything being perfect in this life. Joy comes from having a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's unbelief that keeps us from entering into his rest. You've got faith, you've got unbelief, right? Bob Dylan, there's no neutral ground. And choose today whom you will serve. Number two, by recognizing the work required for salvation is finished, it's been paid in full. There's nothing we need to add to Jesus's redemptive work on the cross of Calvary to be saved. There's no works, there's no religious rituals, there's no baptism, there's no church membership, there's nothing you need to do to be saved. Now, you're justified just as if you never sinned because of the cross. We're being sanctified, made more into the image of our Savior until the day we're glorified when we get to heaven. So God is still doing a work in us, but the work of salvation was settled at the cross. Amen? The justification was done. So we've been justified just as if we've never sinned. We're going to heaven. We're new creations in Christ. There's still that work that he's doing in us to mold us more into the image of the Savior, but that's not for salvation. That's from salvation. Fruit is not, you know, good works is not something we do to earn salvation. Good works are something that we do because we've been saved. Amen? And then finally, by allowing God's word to reveal what is in the depths of your heart. God's word not only reveals the deepest truths of who we are, but has the power to transform your life. There's no other book you're ever going to read. People say that, oh, I read this book, it changed my life. Okay. Uh, I read this book, it changed my eternity. Can I get an amen? Amen. It's the only one out there that will. Can I get an amen to that? And guys, I will say this. We'll say it when we get to the text. Sometimes it's hard to get your Bible open. Can I get an amen to any? Does anybody have that struggle? Should you, how many people here should open your Bible more often during the week? Okay. Now we got all the, the wimpy people out of the way. We all made it. We told, told the truth. Can I get an amen to that? The reality is that there's so many distractions in the world today. We've got, you know, if we looked, if we looked at our Bible as often as we looked at our phones... We would be spiritual giants. Can I get an amen to that? The Bible says we're to desire the word of God more than our necessary food. So if you open the Bible as often as you open your refrigerator, you would be a spiritual giant. Can I get an amen? And we're going to see that the word of God reveals the truth. And there's no other place where we're going to, you know, this is a love letter. It is the word of God, not a word of God, not a word from some man. It is the word from the only true and living God. And he wrote it down and delivered it to you so you could open it, read it, and obey it. Can I get an amen to that? And guys, I'm telling you, there's a temptation to let anything else get in the way from opening up your Bible and reading it. So let's begin. They're entering into his rest I'm going to pray that my stuff doesn't blow away at any point here. God's faithful. So this morning, we're going to continue again to look at just the... So imagine being the Jewish Christians. A lot of your family's still going back to temple. Part of you thinks, what's the harm of going to temple? As long, you know, I, go to, I go to Bible study at church, and I'm studying the Bible, and I'm hearing the truth, and I'm being taught. But it's okay to kind of hang out with my family and continue in those old rituals that we had before. And there's still some of us that think that we have to work hard enough to be acceptable to God. The good news is the price has been paid. So let's begin there in verse 1, looking at entering into his rest by responding to his word with believing faith. It says, therefore, and you see therefore, what's it therefore? In chapter 3, in light of what he just taught him, that unbelief and heeding the words of faithless men above the promises of God had kept the generation that escaped uh, Egypt from entering Canaan. You remember last week he talked about how the children of Israel have been delivered out of bondage in Egypt. By the way, in the Bible, Egypt's a type or a picture of the world. God delivered them out of bondage. How did he do it? Blood of the lamb in the shape of a cross, Passover, picture of the cross. Then, got, then they got out of the land, finally, after 430 years in bondage, and they got to the Red Sea. 
And then they began to to panic because they were surrounded on both sides, the Red Sea in front of them. And here came the Egyptian army who changed their mind, realizing who's going to make bricks if they're gone. So they came to chase them down and they began to murmur, you brought us out here to die. Then when Moses held up the staff, the Red Sea was parted. They passed through the Red Sea and all of Pharaoh's people did the dead man float. Can I get an amen? (laughs) If you went to Sunday school, you've heard that song, okay? Pharaoh, Pharaoh. Let my people go. Amen. But the Pharaoh was floating in the ground. So here's the point. But even with all that God had done, then at Mount Sinai, they come down. The word of God is given to them at Sinai, the Ten Commandments. Here it is. And when he comes down from Mount Sinai, what does he find them doing? They're worshiping a golden calf. He's only been gone 40 days and they're already back into the world. They brought Egypt with them where they worshiped golden calves. We saw God's righteous judgment upon them. Then they, it's only an 11 day journey from Sinai to Canaan, walking. And they're going to spend 40 years in a death march. Why? Because when they got to Canaan and they were told to enter into the land, they went into the land and what did they see? They saw giants in the land and they became afraid. We know that Caleb and Joshua came back and said, we'll whip them. It's what God said. They're carrying back grapes, you know, the size of tangerines. And they're, they're coming in, they're so excited. And the other 10 said, oh, we'll die if we go in there. And they listened to the 10 whiners instead of the two faithful. And by the way, maybe that's the ratio of friends you have. Be careful. Can I get an amen? I pray that you don't have more whiners than you have faithful people. You need people to encourage you in your walk with the Lord. Amen? So they did not enter in, and they wandered in the wilderness, and that entire generation died. And so therefore, in light of understanding that they missed out because of their faithlessness, because they did not, they did not cross the Jordan. You know, Red Sea to me is a picture of water baptism. And then the Jordan is the spirit-filled life and entering into God's highest. And they missed out on God's highest. And a lot of Christians are trapped between Egypt and Canaan. And they never enter into all that God has for them. So this is what he just taught to them. And so therefore, in light of the faithlessness that you saw in the children of Israel, their faithlessness to enter into God's promise, in light of that, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. Now, doesn't the Bible tell us not to fear? You hear me say it all the time. God's not giving us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. But what he's telling them not to, that they should fear here is that they don't fall into the same trap that the children of Israel did. You should fear living a, having a saved soul in a wasted life. Can I get an amen to that? You should fear that you're going to allow unbelief in your own life to keep you from God's highest. And he's telling them there should be a heart of fear because there's a promise remains of entering into his rest. Though the children of Israel missed out on it and they died in the wilderness, that promise still remains. He said, look, they missed it, but you don't have to. The children of Israel missed it, but we don't have to. Can I get an amen to that? You may know people who gave their life to the Lord. Their life really never changed. We hope they were saved. Maybe they weren't. But guys, we want to live a life of radical faith for Jesus. Can I get an amen? We should not be satisfied on the cruise ship to heaven. We shouldn't be satisfied with a get out of hell free card in our wallet and living like the world. We should desire everything that God has for us. The key word again in chapter four is rest. You see it there in verse one. He's going to use it nine times. The word rest there in the original language means to calm the wind, but it also means a resting place. God desires a rest for his people, for each of us to be at rest in our relationship with him. The Bible tells us that the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, and peace. And I think when I think of rest, I think of being at peace. And by, by the way, peace has nothing to do with the absence of war. It has everything to do with the right standing with God. Can I get an amen to that? You can be at peace in the midst of the greatest trial. You can be at peace in the midst of the storm if your eyes are on Jesus and if you've entered into his rest. And you can be panicked when everything seems to be good in your life if you don't have a relationship with the Lord. God desires rest for his people, for each of us to be at rest in our relationship with him, for him and his promises to be our source of rest, even in the midst of the most difficult circumstances of life. Were people panicking over COVID? What do we think? Still are. Now we're panicking over vaccines. And then we're going to panic about something else. Can I get an amen? Here's the good news. God's in control. God's not surprised. He's a faithful God. We trust him. We don't have to be afraid. Keep our eyes on Jesus. Can I get an amen to that? And the world around us is panicking. Uh, People are getting after you for not believing the way they do about 
vaccines or COVID or whatever else it might be. And you know what? We just need to love on in Jesus' name. Can I get an amen to that? Because God is indeed a faithful God. He knows we live in a fallen world, one filled with war and famine and disease and crime and anger and envy and strife and vaccines and politics and all kinds of other stuff. But guess what? He's in control. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's a faithful, loving, and merciful God. He'd rather die than live without you. Your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. If he had pictures in his wallet, your picture would be in there. Can I get an amen? That's the God we serve. And keep your eyes on him. Don't focus on the trials of life. Keep your eyes off the storm and keep your eyes on Jesus. Amen? There's this, you know, we all need to toil by the sweat of our brow to provide for our families. God's called us to do that. We all deal with rebellious children from time to time, unreasonable bosses, annoying coworkers, social media, everything else that goes on around us, all that's going on in life. But in the midst of all of it, we have the promise of rest. And it doesn't come by works, it comes by faith. See, we don't, we don't have rest because there's enough money in the bank account. You, know, you don't have rest because everybody is healthy right now. That's not where rest comes from. And if it did, it would only be temporary. When we look at, to the Lord, we must, not see, uh, we must not see coming to him as entering into his rest as a place of toil and extreme difficulty, as if we have to work twice as hard to please God as we do in life. Guys, we th- sometimes we think, well, if I do this, then God will love me more. Can I tell you, there's nothing you can do to make God love you more than he already does. Amen? Now, when we obey, there's a blessing. There's fruit that's produced from it. But he loves you already. Do you, do you love your kids less when they blow it? You'd be loving them less all the time. But do you love them less when they blow it? Do we love them less when they're in trouble? Do we love them less when they make mistakes? Of course not, because they're our kids. And we're imperfect mom and dads, and he's our perfect heavenly father. And he loves you so much, he'd rather die than live without you. Jesus said, look to me and enter into my rest. He wants us to rest in him, to see him as the refuge and the source of peace in a world that is filled with mayhem. His yoke is easy, his burden is light. If our salvation is based on works, we'll never be at rest. We'll always be striving. We'll always be wondering. Here's here's one of the saddest statements. You've heard me say it before. When I say to somebody, are you going to heaven? And they say, "I, I hope so. I can think of no more painful place to be than hoping you're going to heaven. Can I encourage you that Christianity is not a hope so, it's a no so. We know for sure by the shed blood of the lamb and the promise of Jesus Christ and what he told us in his word that to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord, we close our eyes on earth, we open them up in glory. Christians die well, we don't die, we move to a much better neighborhood. Can I get an amen to that? And because of that, we can be at rest and we can be at peace even when we're coming toward the end of our life. Even when we might be getting ill and maybe the prognosis isn't good. Guys, we're complete in him. Jesus paid it all. Our flesh wants to establish God's blessing upon our good works, but Jesus paid the price for it. Guys, you can't earn it or achieve it, but you can receive it. Can I get an amen to that? You can't earn salvation. You can't achieve it through your good works. Don't we want to earn it? It's kind of how we're built. What do I have to do? Let me check the boxes off. There's 12 boxes to go into heaven. Man, we'd start working on those. But that's not how it works. Jesus said it is, what? It's finished, paid in full, and praise God for that. The law can't produce peace. It can only reveal sin and show us our need for a savior. And this is what he's trying to help the the Jewish believers understand as they're trying to go back yet again, go back yet again to the temple. Why? Because they feel like maybe there's some works I need to do. Maybe there's some other thing that I need to have happen in my life to make sure that I'm going to heaven. We must come to know that salvation is a free gift. It's based on God's grace, not our good works. We enter into peace, not into guilt. Can I get an amen? Again, I'm not capping on anybody that grew up a certain, in a certain place, but I remember a, a man that went to our church for five years in Santa Cruz, seemed to be really on fire for God, and then he left for a month to take his kids back. He's like, I got to make sure they get confirmed in the Catholic church. They got to get confirmed. They got to get confirmed. I'm like, why? Jesus plus nothing equals salvation. Can I get an amen to that? But it gets so ingrained in us. We've grown up with it. That's where these Jewish people are. And the Lord's reminding them, your peace comes from Christ, not from anything else. He is the answer. 
enter into his peace, not into guilt. It was faithlessness and unbelief that kept the children of Israel from entering the land of promise. They feared men more than they believed the word of God. Let me say that again. They feared men more than they believed the word of God and his promises. We've seen churches doing that right now. Can I get an amen? There's a fear of men more than trusting in the word of God and its promises. Let God be true and every man a liar. Can I get an amen? And it's not your truth or the media's truth or anybody else's truth. It's the truth found in the word that we believe and follow and we can trust in. Amen? He's a faithful God and a gracious God. So these Jewish Christians were being tempted to do the same, to abandon the gospel of grace, most motivated by outward persecution and inward pressure. Here's what was happening. They're new Christians, and now Christians are being fed to lions. If you come into church next Sunday, it could result in you being fed to lions. We might have some more live streamers. Can I get an amen? <laughs> but here they were, and they knew they could die. And then on the opposite side, they had their family that, was, that had not given their life to Jesus, that was still hanging on to the Jewish faith, that would guilt them. So on one side, they were being threatened with their lives. On the other side, they were being drawn back by their families and by their friends. And so in the middle of all that, they, they got confused. But that's why we need to be in the word every day. Amen? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There's no confusion for the man or woman who reads the word of God. So to the Jewish Christians were being tempted, again, to do the same, to abandon the gospel of grace, not choosing one tradition over another, but turning their backs on the only true source of salvation, Jesus Christ, him crucified and risen from the dead. At the end of that verse, he said, let us fear, lest any of them seem to have come short of it. And the word fear there is to be put to flight, to be terrified, to be struck with fear, lest any of you seem to have fallen short, to fail to reach the goal. They were afraid and there, should be a, there is a fear that they should have that they would not surrender fully to the Lord, that they would fall into the same trap that their ancestors had. The word seem there means to be judged or accounted. The children of Israel were judged to have come short as their unbelief resulted in disobedience and kept them from the land of promise, kept them from entering in to his rest. You know what will keep you from having the rest of the Lord? Unbelief. We saw this last uh, Thursday night that unbelief was called evil, the evil of unbelief. It's not, you know, when, I, when you don't believe, it's not neutral, it's evil. When we reject the true and living God, it's evil. You're either for me or against me, Jesus, did, Jesus said. So the exhortation here was that these believers would be cautious and careful and fearful that they don't follow into the same footsteps of their ancestors who would not enter into all that God had for them to allow difficulty and circumstances to keep them from entering, entering into God's highest, to be ruled by fear and not by faith. Are you being ruled by fear or are you being ruled by faith? What's, what's in charge of your life? What's leading your life? Are you scared half to death? Are you worried? Are you fearful? Are you anxious? Just remember, fear, anxiety, and worry are all the opposite of faith. And I'm not saying we don't all deal with fear, anxiety, and worry from time to time. But when we do, when we remain there, it's because we are in the moment being faithless. Can I get an amen to that? It's a hard thing to admit because we all struggle with it from time to time. May you and I not fall into the same trap to allow the lack of faith in our circumstances to keep us from entering into his rest. Verse 2, for indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. The word gospel there means good news. Guys, nobody has better news than us. By the way, if you watch TV news, it seems that they should just call it the bad news. Can I get an amen? Just the bad news, the horrible news, the made-up news, the fake news, the nauseating news. Oh, Lord help. Can I get an amen? Get five minutes into that, turn it off, open up your Bible, and get some good news. Can I get an amen? So the gospel is good news, and the good news had been delivered to the children of Israel. Hey, there's a land flowing with milk and honey. Hey, you've been in bondage. You've been building bricks for 430 years. You've been servants to the Egyptians. And now God has delivered you. And there's a land flowing with milk and honey. God promised them victory if they would simply, here's what they need to do to win. Show up. Show up and you win. Because God, God is for us, who can be against us? Amen? You plus God is the majority. God doesn't need us to be the most trained, the buffest, the biggest, the strongest, the most intelligent. He just needs us to show up because the eyes of the Lord search to and fro among the whole earth. Seeking one, he can show himself strong on account of one whose heart is loyal to him. God is looking for people who will say, here I am, Lord, use me. And he doesn't use us because we're good or we're great. He uses us because he's good and he's great. Can I get an amen? 
And so here they are. They're, he said, look, they had this promise, and all they needed to do is put their foot in the river. It would have parted. They would have walked in. They would have wiped them all out. And instead, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, and they all dropped dead. By the way, when you have 2 million people over 40 years, you got about 600 people dying every day. Can you imagine you just walk through the wilderness, and they're just dropping. 600 people a day dying. Boy, you'd hope there'd be repentance. Can I get an amen? And it's so sad when people allow the things of the world to keep them off of the Lord. Put feet to your faith. Does your time in the word change your daily walk? See, they said they were reading the word, but it didn't change them. They had exposure to the word of God, but they were not reading it by faith. So when they read it, it didn't change their life. And guys, if you're truly reading the word and you know the God of the word, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, reading God's word will change your life. Amen? As Christians, we should be closer to the Lord today than we were yesterday. It should be a constant growing. And how do we grow? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by word of God. So if you want your faith to grow, spend time in God's word. The word did not profit them because they did not receive it by faith. They refused to enter into the land of promise out of the fear of giants, out of fear of giants, and now their reading of the word is not being mixed with faith. If we disregard the direction God gives us in his word, we will walk aimlessly through life. You and I, we have the good news. Jesus Christ, him crucified, risen from the dead. We've been redeemed by his blood, but not all who hear it will profit from it. Why? Because they'll reject it. Well, if I give my life to Jesus, then I'll have to let go of some stuff. Can I encourage you, when you give your life to Jesus, you lose nothing and you gain everything. You lose nothing. If anything you lose was something that was harmful and you need to get rid of anyway. Amen? We accept by faith the free gift of salvation. Word, the word of God plus faith equals rest. Amen? The word of God plus faith equals rest. We enter into his rest by spending time in his word and believing what his word says by faith and praise God for that. There is a use for a phone during church. Here it is. <laughs> it's a paperweight. <laughs> Amen. So they've been faithful to apply the blood at Passover, and they were delivered out of bondage. But they did not heed his word. They had no rest. They wandered aimlessly. And so, too, you and I may have applied the blood. We've been saved. We're going to heaven. Yet we're not walking in the whole counsel of God, and we're missing out on God's highest. By the way, God, they're not the ten suggestions. Can I get an amen to that? And the word of God is, applies to all of us, and you don't have a special circumstance in your life that allows you to circumvent the word of God. Can I get an amen to that? In counseling, well, you don't understand, Pastor, because here's my situation. And I'm like, does God understand? Does God know? Well, I'm not sure because, you know, this is so unique. No, it's not. There's nothing new under the sun. The word of God is true. Open it, read it, obey it. Can I get an Amen. God does not say it's okay to, get, to, to divorce your wife because she burnt your dinner. No, you can't do that. Amen? No, you can't, you can't do that. And what will happen is we'll allow our emotions to get involved when we don't spend enough time in God's word and we'll be moved by our fleshly desires instead of being led by the Holy Spirit. If God's word is to impact our lives, it must not only be heard, but believed by faith. It has no power to change our lives if we do not believe it by faith and apply it to our lives. If we just read it and we ignore it, we're gonna get no growth from it. Can I get an amen to that? So we need to come and read it, read it by faith, trust what it says, and then apply it to our lives. Just like when they slayed the lamb for the blood of Passover. It wasn't enough that the blood, the blood of the lamb was, was shed and it was put into a basin. It would have done them no good if they didn't take that blood and then apply it to the doorpost. It's not enough to believe that Jesus died on the cross. We must apply it to our lives. Can I get an amen? We must believe it and apply it. Verse three, for we have believed, who have believed, do enter that rest, as he said, so I swore my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. So we have entered into his rest if we believe. What keeps us from entering into his rest? Unbelief. Not a lack of good works, not even too much sin, but a lack of belief. Here's the good news. I shared this at a couple of different uh, memorial services the last two weeks. John 3 and 4, Nicodemus, the most righteous man on the planet from the world's perspective, he needed Jesus. And the woman at the well, who might have seemed like the most unrighteous woman on the planet, she needed Jesus. Because you can't be so good that you don't need Jesus, and you can't be so bad that Jesus isn't enough. Can I get an amen to that? 
So wherever you find yourself on that spectrum, the answer is you need Jesus. You can't be so holy and so good and so righteous and and think you're so amazing. By the way, if you are, you're really prideful and you're a Pharisee, so get over it and repent. Can I get an amen? But the reality is you can't be so good that you think you don't need Jesus, and you can't be so bad that you think you can't be saved. I did prison ministry for 20 years, and all the times, Pastor, but you don't know what I've done. God does, and he loves you, and he's willing to forgive you. I don't even need to know. Can I get an amen to that? Where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. But notice he says there, I swore in my wrath. He's quoting out of Psalm 95, 11, They shall not enter my rest. The word wrath there is anger exhibited in punishment. You know, the wrath of God, here's Pastor Dave's definition. The wrath of God is a holy and consistent reaction to that which is contrary to the nature and the will of God. Let me say that again. The wrath of God is a holy and consistent reaction to that which is contrary to the nature and the will of God. God does not desire to to just destroy everyone. He desires to save everyone. Can I get an amen? He desires that none should perish, no, not one. He's a God of love and grace and mercy, but he's also a righteous God who will respond to things that are contrary to the nature and the will of God and bring righteous judgment. Sin produces judgment. Sin separates us from God. Sin makes us guilty. And that's why Jesus came to restore us. So unbelief results in God's wrath. Belief results in God's blessings. Now, don't take that out of context. I'm not talking about a new Cadillac. Can I get amen? Well, if I, if I dishonor the Lord, Cadillac, 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 name and claim it, grab it and blab it, believe it and achieve it, it's, coming to the, it's going to be out in front when I wake up in the morning. I'm watching too much uh, televangelist, if you believe that nonsense. Because what God has for us isn't something that will lose its new car smell, you know, be covered in rust at some point and dropped off at the auto wrecker. Can I get an amen? Because anything that's new and it's amazing in this life is perishing, but what God gives us is eternal. Can I get an amen to that? It just doesn't get any better. We're going to heaven. Does it get any better than that? Guys, it just doesn't get any better. We got a shatter from the mountaintop. Can I get an amen? It's such a blessing. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, it says there, uh, at the end of that verse, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, the plan in place since before the world began. The Bible says that Jesus is the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. The works were finished. The price was paid. Again, must still be entered into by faith. We are married to Jesus. The Bible says we are the bridegroom of Christ. Let me ask you a hard question. Don't raise your hand. This between you and the Lord. Are you spending more time with other people than you are the Lord? Are you committing adultery because you're putting other things and making other things more important than your relationship with Jesus Christ? If we're married to the Lord, we should love him more than anything else. Can I get an amen to that? The priority and the passion of our life do everything in light of who Jesus is. If you're new here this morning, don't, and you, you act, I, I had this happen a couple more times where people say, we can't go to your church anymore because you act like Jesus is all that matters. You were listening. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Jesus is all that matters. Because seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. He's the priority and passion of our life. He'll take care of the rest. So point number one, entering into his rest by responding to his word with believing faith. Number two, by recognizing that the work required for salvation is finished. Thank you, Jesus. It's been paid in full. It says in verse four, for he has spoken in a certain place, of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. He's he's going back to the creation account. He relates the message as to when rest is possible. When is rest possible? When the work's done. Can I get an amen? So we can't enter into rest. We can't really have rest till the work is done. Jesus, God did not rest. Jesus didn't rest till the seventh day after they created the heavens and the earth and then God rested. Again, in Genesis 2, and on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. God created the heavens and the earth and all that are in them. Only after his work was finished did he rest. So too, as he rested after the work of creation, rest is now available for us spiritually because he finished the work. Amen? You know why people don't rest? They think they still have to earn it. Well, if you go to our church, you have to go to our church and you have to go through a class 
And you have to be baptized in our baptismal after you've had these four other things done. And then you got to go tell your sins to a guy in a box. And then when you die, we hope you'll make it. But if you don't, give us some money and we'll pray for you that you can get in there. Not in the Bible anywhere. Can I get an amen? None of that's in the word of God. Jesus said it is finished, paid in full. Jesus is not a liar. He is the truth. Amen. And guys, we can rest in the fact that because of who Jesus is and what he did for us, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. Amen? He said to the thief on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise. He didn't say, get down and get baptized and we'll see what we can do. That's not what happened. He didn't tell him you got to fulfill 44 different things. Hey, after you're dead, let's get someone over here to give you your last rites and maybe we get you out of purgatory. None of that happened. Today you'll be with me in paradise. Can I get an Amen. Now, people get offended when I share this stuff, but it needs to be shared because it's adding to the cross of Calvary, and that is a false gospel. Amen? Amen. Lord, help us to rest in him alone. In creation, he rested. No more work to be done. In redemption, we can rest in him. There's no more work to be done. There's nothing we can add. Our salvation is finished. We can enter into his rest. Look at verse 5. And he says in verse 5, and again... In this place, they shall not enter my rest. While God is resting in this text, having completed the work, while this rest was available to all who would simply believe, they would not enter. Why not? Unbelief. Disobedience. Why do people not enter into God's rest? Unbelief. Disobedience. And it's, mainly, it's, so the, it's the evil of unbelief. The only thing that will keep us out of heaven is unbelief. Amen. The only thing that keeps us from entering into his rest is unbelief. And again, we know that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's trusting in the Lord. Now, the next verse gives us the answer of why not. Here's what it says in verse 6. Since, therefore, it remains that we must enter, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of, what does that say? Okay, so they knew the word. And here's how unbelief is manifested. We don't obey it. Because if they believe that they, if they really believe that when they stepped into Canaan that all the enemy would be wiped out, they would have done it. Amen? But because of their unbelief, they disobeyed. And it's the same reason we sin today. Because we'll read what the Word of God says, and then we'll try to give ourselves a way out. Well, yeah, I know what the Bible says, but my college professor taught me, or my neighbor told me, or I read a book about, I'm almost sworn off all other books. I just, I, I'm sorry. I, you know, they're all vitamins, right? Christian books are good. I, I have a book in me that I'm supposed to write. I've had 10 people tell me to write it. I haven't written it yet. Probably never happened. Because why? I don't even want it on the same shelf with the Bible, with the Bible there by itself. Can I get an amen? Because here's the reality. And there's nothing wrong with Christian books. Again, they're vitamins. As long as you eat all the meat and potatoes, you can have some vitamins. You try to live on vitamins, you're going to die. Can I get an Amen. We don't need 40 days of purpose. We need 66 books of truth. Can I get an amen to that? We need to read the word of God, open it, read it, and obey it. Amen? And they missed out on God's highest because of unbelief. And you know why they had unbelief? Because they did not know God. They did not spend time in his word. Amen? And because of unbelief comes disobedience. We disobey when we don't trust what the word of God says. So he's referring again to those who did not enter in because they did not believe. God's rest, the good news, the gospel, was first brought to the Jews. While his rest uh, is indeed available, he will not force it on anyone. Salvation is offered universally. It's accepted individually. And I want to say this. Not only is, is unbelief evil, it's arrogant to think that you know better than the creator of the universe. Can I get an amen to that? Does our government need Jesus? We need to get on our knees and repent and put, put him back on the throne where he belongs and quit making excuses not to even recognize the National Day of Prayer anymore. You know, it's no wonder we're in the mess we're in because Jesus Christ isn't being honored the way that he should be. Can I get an amen to that? But guess what? We can honor him even if the world doesn't. And we can obey him even if they won't. And we can stand up for the truth even if they say it's against the law. And we can shout it from the mountaintops even if they tell us to be quiet. Can I get an amen to that? So give him the praise and the glory and the honor. Don't keep it yourself. Amen? To God alone. So disobedience is also translated, as I said, unbelief. And again, they just wouldn't show up. 
The same unbelief that these early Jewish Christians contemplating returning to the Jewish religion is the same reason that so many today cannot enter into his rest because they have not come through the cross of Calvary. The only way we get to heaven is through the cross of Calvary. The only way we enter into rest is to surrender our lives to the Lord. Verse 7. And again, designates a certain day saying to David, today after such a long time, as it has been said, today if you hear his voice, do not harden his heart, your heart. Verse 8. For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not afterward have spoken of another day. This speaks of the continued availability of God's rest. And by the way, if you need it, today's the day to get it. Let today be the day of salvation. Amen? We enter into his rest, not next week, not next month, not after this and after that's done and that's done. And after my checklist has been completed, then I'll start serving Jesus. Let it be done today. Several hundred years after the rest was available in the land of promise, some thousand years after the first Sabbath, God's rest was still available and is still available to you and I today. Today, not next week, today is the day of salvation. If you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, respond in faithful obedience. If you're already saved, God may have a calling upon your life and you've been sitting on the sidelines. I heard one band say that, that Christian ministry is kind of like a football game. There's 22 people in the middle beating themselves to death and 80,000 people watching. And the reality is too often as Christians, we sit on the sideline and you have gifts I don't have and I have gifts you don't have. And I'm not trying to get you to do stuff just to get you to do stuff. Because I want to tell you, you grow the most when you're serving the most. Can I get an amen? I tell people all the time, God made me a pastor because he knew I needed to be in the Bible 40 to 50 hours a week. Because he knew I needed to be in the word constantly. I'm the one that grows the most because I'm in it the most. You get this for an hour, I get it for 25. And God, I've already been convicted all week. Believe me, I've already repented, been convicted, repented again, and been convicted again. Can I get an amen to that? And so it becomes a part of you. But the word of God transforms us. And people say, well, pastor, I wish I had faith like you. Someone said that to John Corson. I wish I had faith like you. And John Corson said, read the Bible as much as I do, and you will. Amen? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Joshua... The next generation, he brought them into the land of promise. Moses did not lead them into arrest, but Joshua did. And we've talked about this. Moses represents the law. And the law can't bring you peace. The law is a taskmaster that leads us to the cross. It's a mirror that shows us we're sinners in need of a savior. The law can show you that you need to be saved, but it cannot save you. Can I get an amen to that? And that's why Moses could not bring them into the land of promise, but Joshua did. Joshua's name is Yahshua. Jesus. Amen? Because we cannot enter his rest through the keeping of the law. We can only enter his rest through Jesus Christ and crucified and risen from the dead. Can I get an amen to that? Guys, we don't serve a dead God. We serve a risen and living Savior. We're not wandering and looking for truth. We're not on a path or a journey. We've already, we're already there. Can I get an amen? I'm on a spiritual journey. <laughs> Let me show you the finish line, bro. Open up your Bible to John chapter 3. Can I get an amen to that? I'm trying to find... I found Jesus. You remember those stickers from the 70s? Only old people remember that. I found Jesus. I will always say, I didn't know he was missing. Can I get an amen? <laughs> He's always been there. We didn't find him. He's faithful. You know what we need? We need spiritual rest. And we enter into it through the cross of Calvary. And do you know what it does? It brings peace to the, to the greatest storm. You know this, again, you've heard me say it a lot. When they're crossing the, Gal the Sea of Galilee, Jesus says, we're going to go to the other side. They enter the boat. And you know waves are big when fishermen panic. Amen? And the fishermen are panicking and Jesus is sleeping. And they're yelling at him, don't you care? And Jesus gets up and calms the storm. But here's the point. If you keep your eyes on Jesus, you won't panic about the waves. You'll lay down next to him and rest. Can I get an amen to that? And so don't be overwhelmed by the trials of this life. Keep your eyes on the Savior. It says there in verse 9, there remains therefore a rest for the people of God. A rest greater than the Sabbath, greater than the promised land. It's a spiritual rest, both here and now, and eternity to come. The peace that comes from salvation, found in rest, not in works, found by faith. It's not faith or works, or faith plus works, it's faith that works. Can I get an amen? So it's not faith plus works that save you, or faith or works that save you. Because you've been saved by faith, now good works are produced in you. They're not a source of your salvation. There's no rest when you try to add to the cross of Calvary. The Pharisees, remember those guys? 
Guys with the black robes who loved to be in the middle of city square at prayer time so they could pray and be noticed by everyone. And they tithed mint and cumin, but they missed the Messiah. Literally, when they would t- it was time to tithe, they'd be like, you go home and get your pepper shaker out. All right, nine for me, one for God. Nine for me, right? They literally tithed everything they had because they were legalists trying to keep the law, thinking that would earn favor with God. And in the meantime, the Messiah standing in front of him and they're crying out, crucify him. See, guys, we can pursue the law and miss the Savior. Amen? And that's not where rest comes from. There's no rest. Saved, but I must keep the Ten Commandments and baptism. Now, should we keep the Ten Commandments? What's the answer? Absolutely. How many of you have kept the Ten Commandments your entire life? One of themselves shall not lie, so don't be raising your hand. Amen? We haven't. We failed. Do we need to be baptized to be saved? What's the answer? Should we be baptized? Yeah. It's outward statement of an inward change. But when we add that to the cross of Calvary, we're saying what Jesus did isn't enough. And people want to argue and debate that. Verse 10. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. True rest comes when you give up trying to earn salvation, when you realize it's not through works or by your energy or because of your righteousness or due to your private, you know, your prayer life. God's so blessed to have me on his team. I'm so amazing. I meet people I've known five minutes. I find them a pastor. They love to give me a litany of all the things they've done for God. Like somehow God is so blessed that he has them. I'm thankful that God saved me in spite of who I am. How about you? While we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. And to God be all the glory. We're just tools in the hands of the master. Let him get all the glory. Can I get Amen. True rest comes when you realize your salvation is not dependent upon anything you do, but what, rather upon who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. See, Buddha could not have died on the cross for you because he was a sinner in need of a savior. Muhammad could not have died on the cross for you because he was a sinner in need of a savior. L. Ron Hubbard, Church of Scientology, could not, he, he's dead. He said he was God and then he died and didn't raise from the dead. Seen his grave, not there. Can I get an amen? He's there. His bones are there. Point I'm making is all these other messiahs could not die for you, would not die for you, did not die for you. And even if they did, it would have been worth nothing because they were all sinners in need of a savior. And none of them proved themselves to be God like Jesus did. Because when he died on the cross, the earthquake, the sky went dark, dead people got up out of the ground and he rose from the dead, proving himself to be God. Can I get an amen to that? We don't serve a dead God. We serve a risen living savior. And that's what makes the difference from everything else. When he entered into his rest, he ceased from works just as Jesus did from his. Finally, last point. How much time do I have? Enough. Praise the Lord. (laughs) By allowing God's word to reveal what is in the depths of your heart. God's word, again, you've heard me say it, it doesn't only, not only do you read it, but it reads you. And when you read the word of God, you can be both comforted and convicted. Can I get amen to that? And if you read the word and you're not convicted, you need to get saved and have the Holy Spirit inside of you because the Holy Spirit brings conviction when you read the word. Amen. So praise God for the word. So by allowing God's word to reveal what's in the depths of our hearts, look at verse 11. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. In light of the truth that we've just learned, how should we respond How do we put it into practice? By being diligent to enter into that rest. While his rest is indeed available, he won't force it on you. We must enter into his rest by faith. So God offers you salvation universally. He offers to allow us to enter into his rest and have peace that we can only find in the Prince of Peace. But he won't force you to do it. Faith is not passive. It takes diligence to trust, to rely, to cling to Jesus and his work for us. A faith that hasn't been tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. You know, you know that someone has faith when the test comes in front of them and they don't wince, they don't fall away, they don't run away, they trust God and they remain faithful in it. Can I get an amen to that? So praise God that for the trials we go through in life, true belief and faith produces an action. While we don't earn our salvation, others should clearly see the peace and joy and rest that we have in him. When the world's panicking and you're not, that's an opportunity for the gospel. Amen? Amen. When people want to know, how in the world do you get through all of this? Why do you still have peace when everybody else is panicking? You know, I had a, I had a couple of months that we went through some difficult things in my, in my home. 
I had COVID for a month where I couldn't breathe. Praise God for a godly doctor in the front row. Thank you, Jesus. But God allowed that for a reason. Amen. And here's the reality. I wasn't worried about dying one bit. Death's better. Heaven's better. Can I get an amen? Can't threaten me with heaven. Now, that being said, and then my, we found out that my mom, we spent 15 days watching my mom slowly go to heaven. We, we got rid of the family home up north. We, we've had a lot of things we've gone through. And my coworkers go, bro, you've been through so much. How do you have peace? I said, because I know the Prince of Peace. Can I get an amen? It's not about this, the temporal. It's about the eternal. And if you have the promise of eternal life, there's nothing in this life that can rob you of peace. Amen? Amen. Because we know the Prince of Peace. He says, Let any, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. If we don't enter into his rest, it will hurt not only us, but those around us. Guys, if we don't have faith, if we don't have joy, if we don't have peace, you know, if, if you're, by the way, Christians should not look like they've been sucking on lemons. Can I get an amen? You meet some people, well, you know, yeah, you, you're talking to them, bro, you're going to heaven? Yeah, but not today, so. You know, and just bad, angry, bitter. I had a Christian coworker at one time, he was like that. He just, and I'm like, and he goes, yeah, I invite people to church and never want to go. Why would they? So I can be just like you? <laughs> what God do you serve? Let me steer clear of that guy. Can I get an amen? Guys, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love and joy. And peace. It doesn't mean that we're fake. But guys, we have real joy because we know a real Savior. Can I get an amen? Jesus others yourself. That's how you have joy. When you put Jesus first, others second, yourself last, you can walk with a life of joy. And as you heard me say often, most of us have yoge. Can I get an amen? Verse 12. Now, here it is. This is a great verse. Boy, it's a great verse. Boy, I love this verse. Love this verse. Look what it says. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. It says, for the word of God, the word for, seeing then because of what you've just understood, because of what we know about who Jesus is and what he's done for us, what do we know about the word of God? In context, in light of the heavy consequences of unbelief and disobedience, unable to enter into his rest, in light of the truth, the exhortation to be in the word of God that not only reveals the deepest truths of who we are, but also has the, the power to transform our lives. So how is it possible? It's the word of God. It's the word of God. I think we take it for granted sometimes. Amen? The Bible says we desire the word of God more than our necessary food. Do you desire it that much? Do you, by the way, do we desire the word of God as much as our cell phones? I said this last week, I think. If you leave your phone at home, do you go back and get it? Don't lie. Do you go back and get it? Do you go back and get it? Okay. If you leave your Bible at home, do you go back and get it? Okay. <laughs> Conviction for everybody. Can I get an amen? Notice it's not a word of God. It's not words or opinions of men, but it's the word of God. That's why we don't change it. We don't add to it. Can I get an amen? All the cults had these private audiences with an angel that nobody else saw. Italian angel Moroni met me out in the wilderness and gave me these golden plates for the Book of Mormon that I lost the plates and it contradicts the word of God. The Bible tells us not to add or take away from the word of God. Can I get an amen to that? Don't add to it. Don't take away from it. This is the word of God. It's a love letter. It's an instruction manual. It's the very divine expression of himself from almighty God to you. I love this analogy. Pastor San Sandy Adams, one of my favorite Bible teachers, Calvary Chapel in Georgia. And uh, he was speaking at a pastor conference many years ago on the, on the word of God. And it was so powerful that I bought 300 copies of the message, and I sent it to every pastor in my county and the two counties next to me and challenged them to listen to it. Because the word of God is where the authority comes from. Can I get an amen? And he was at, he loves to go, he gets a ticket to Augusta, Georgia, to one of the hardest tickets in sports uh, to the, uh, the Masters. And he was sitting next to a guy, and the guy started talking to him. And eventually, one of the great things about being a pastor is when they ask you what you do for a living, it's a great opportunity for the gospel. Can I get an amen? <laughs> So, I, you know, I, this guy owned some businesses. He goes, what do you do for a living? He goes, I'm a pastor. And he goes, I got a question for you. He goes, so you go to this, what do you call it? Cemetery, seminary, you go to seminary for however many years you go. And then how long have you been a pastor? He's like, about 30 years. 
He goes, dude, you only got one book. How long, takes it, how long does it take to understand that book? You only got one book. It's one book. How come you don't get that book after 36 years? How come you still don't study that book? Now, that guy who happened to own an ice company knows more about the truth of the Bible than a lot of people do because, guys, this is the only book we need. Can I get any men to that? We don't need any other books. We don't need any other library. We don't need to add other books. If people write, this is the book we need. Amen? But guess what? The reason he doesn't understand is this isn't, we're not reading Moby Dick. Can I get an amen? We're reading the living, breathing word of God. And you can read the same chapter every day for the rest of your life and God will still speak to you. Can I get an amen to that? He'll speak to you again and again and again and again. We're the most blessed of all people because we have more access to the very word of God than any people have ever lived. You get in your car, there's Christian radio, Christian podcasts. There's all kinds of stuff on the internet. You can find any, you know, you can go on the internet and listen to any chapter or any part of the Bible from, from thousands of pastors all over the world. Amen. We can open up the word. We can open it. We can read it. We can go buy it. We can have it. Do you know the people? Yeah, just breaks my heart. We were in, we were in Russia years ago, 1993, right after the walls came down and, and uh, I didn't know how it was going to go. And I was bringing youth group kids into high school, into campuses. And I was sharing Jesus with them. And I thought we're either going to get arrested because we're not holding back. They told us kind of dial it down. I'm like, yeah, we don't dial it down for Jesus. Can I get an amen? But I remember sharing, and they brought all the students in, and then one of the teachers, I had shared with the teachers, one of the teachers came in, and she was grabbing me and shaking me, and I thought, here it is. I'm going to get arrested. And the interpreter said, she said, I heard you have Bibles here. Do you, is that true? And so I gave her a Bible written in Russian, and she started weeping. And she said, my family has had one page of the Bible we weren't able to get Bibles very easily during the USSR days. And she said, we've always wanted to know what the rest of the story was. I don't know if you guys have seen online where the, the bunch of Chinese Christians, where they deliver Bibles and they open up the box and they all run and grab their Bible and they just start weeping. They're holding on to God's word. They're so thankful that they have access to the word of God. They can't even, and here we are, we might have 25 Bibles in our house collecting dust in our bookshelf and we're walking by them every day and turning on Netflix. Amen? Desire the word of God more than your necessary food. The word for word there is logos. It's something said, reasoning, divine expression. His word is an expression of his very person. In the beginning was the word. And then later on the chapter, and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is the word. Amen? He's defined as the word. God's word not only reveals truth, but it transforms lives. It allows us to get to know almighty God. Again, what to know? You want to know the, the, the God of the word better? Spend time in the word of God. As God's word, we should spend time daily in it, have reverence for it, seek direction from it, and get to know God through it. And let's take a moment again to consider Again, what the Word of God says and what it should do in our lives. Let me give you a few things. These are all from the Bible, descriptions of God's Word. I just jotted these all down really quickly. God's Word brings fruitfulness and success to the things we do. It has power. God's Word has the power to heal. God's Word cleanses our way. God's Word keeps us from sin. God's Word is our mighty counselor. God's Word is our source of strength. God, God's Word imparts life to us. God's Word is a source of guidance and understanding. God's Word gives peace to those who love Him. God's Word has power over the demonic. God's Word is an expression of His person, Jesus Christ. Into the word, we're into Jesus. God's word, hearing God's word is essential to eternal life. God's, God's word and abiding in it is evidence of true discipleship. God's word sanctifies us. God's word builds faith in us. God word, God's word assures us of our salvation. God's word is the sword of the spirit. God's word works effectively in those who believe. God's word is our weapon for spiritual battles. God's word sanctifies the food that we eat, and God's word is the source of our, source of our spiritual growth. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. And guys, that's all true about God's word, so read it. Amen? <laughs> Open it, read it, obey it. The Bible says also there is word is living and breathing or living and powerful living. The word living there is not dead or powerless. It's the breath of the living God. It isn't a collection of musty stories and myths. It's not Socrates or Aristotle. It's not Darwin. It's not any of these other guys who think they wrote books that mattered. It's the living, breathing word of God. 
By the way, I hear people say this, and they've said it to me, they said it to every preacher out there to go, you make the Bible come alive. No, I don't, because the Bible was alive a long time before I was. Can I get an amen? It says the Bible is living. The Bible makes the preacher alive. Can I get an amen to that? It makes each one of us alive. It's living and breathing, and I love it, and it's powerful. The Bible is alive and gives life to the preacher and anyone else who will receive it. In Acts, it tells us when the children of Israel were made the golden calf, they rejected the living oracles of God. This is a living book because we serve a risen and living Savior. The word of God transforms our lives. It says it's powerful. The word there is energetic, mighty, or active. It has the power to awaken the conscience and to lay bare the secret feelings of the heart. It can cause the sinner to tremble at the truth of the coming judgment and power to bring conviction to those who are outside of God's will, as well as the power to transform our lives. Opens the eyes of, to who he is. So we need to open it, read it, obey it, and don't apologize for it. Can I get an amen to that? No other word is on the level of the Bible. Well, I don't want to, let's use another. No, the, this is it. It's the word of God. Let's stand up for it. Sharper than a two-edged sword. It's able to cut with great precision. It will convict both the most on-fire believer and the most pagan and lost men and women at the same time using the same word. Amen? It does surgery on the human heart. It cuts out diseased tissue and brings healing all at the same time. It says they're piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. God's word can hit us with surprising precision. Not Again, uh, there's no spot too tight for the word of God to touch. The Holy Spirit uh, empowers the word to do the deep work in your hearts. Have you ever noticed you'll read the Bible and it's right on time? I can't tell how many times I've had this, right? Teach something in the Bible, and then someone will come up to me and say, did my wife call you this week? <laughs> Are you sure? Because that's exactly what we talked about all week. That's exact. No, God's right on time. Can I get an amen to that? We teach verse by verse. That rules out. I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just teaching the next chapter. Can I get an amen? And if your feet get stepped on, then the wrong place, time to move. Amen? Piercing, to go through and to penetrate, soul, the intellect, emotion, your feelings, your affections, and the spirit, the pneuma, that means breath, the Holy Spirit, it divides between uh, what's of the flesh and what's of the Lord. How do you know what's of the flesh or of the Lord? The word of God is the standard. Keeps us from allowing experience and emotion to overrule the word of God. Joints and marrow, the truth of it penetrates to the very essence of the man or the woman. It says there it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. It's the critic. It knows that your thoughts and your passions, it recognizes anger. It, it recognizes when you're outside of God's will. It judges the truth. And it knows the manner of your feeling. The word of God cuts through all the passion, desires, and emotion and gets to the depths of the matter and reveals truth. Your emotions will lie to you. You'll get whipped up. You'll say things you shouldn't say when you're whipped up in your, in your emotions. And the word of God cuts through all the emotions and brings the truth right into the middle of it. Can I get an Amen. When I do counseling, people always say, why do you just quote the Bible? Why don't you just tell me what you think? Because what I think is stupid and the word of God rocks. Can I get an amen? <laughs> it's the word of God. Why would I talk to any other counselor? Psalm 1 says, walk down the counsel of the ungodly. Amen? We don't want to run to the world. Well, my therapist told me, get a new therapist, Jesus. Can I get an amen? The word of God is true. Amen? Stick to the word of God. Finally, verse 13, and there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Nothing is hidden from God. That's why it's a good idea to confess because he already knows. Can I get an amen? When you come to the Lord and you confess from your inner heart, Lord, oh, forgive me. Lord, I need help in this area. He already knows, but God's called us to come humble and broken before him. Every man and woman will give account to him one day for every thought and action you've ever had. Unless you've been forgiven, then he's washed you white as snow and he sees you as sinless. Can I get an amen to that? The rest of the world will stand before God. And I have people say, well, I get to heaven. If there is a heaven, I got questions for God. And I'm going to tell you, ain't telling him nothing. You can be on your face, bro, with the rest of us. Can I get an amen? Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is. He's the Lord. He's either Lord of all or he's not Lord of all in every one of our lives. Naked reminds us of how God saw Adam. Remember when Adam hid? After they sinned in the garden, he said, where are you, Adam? Did he, did, he, did he not know where he was? Of course he did. But he was naked and ashamed, and he covered himself with, with uh, leaves, right? And we saw that the Lord shed the blood of an animal to cover him. Why? Because 
without the shedding of blood, we can't have the covering of sin. It goes all the way back to Genesis. Can't get an amen to that. And so the truth is that God sees us for who we really are. You can fool the world. You can fool men. You can make yourself look really good on Facebook and around in the world around you. You can get surgeries to make yourself look younger. You can do all kinds of things to make yourself look better, but God knows who we really are. And he is the only one that matters. Can I get an amen to that? Quit worried about what men think and trust in who God is and what he knows. So entering into his rest by responding to his word with believing faith. It's not enough to just read it and hear it, but we must have faith to believe it. By recognizing that the word... The work required for salvation is finished. It's been paid in full. There's nothing we need to do to add to the work of the cross. And by allowing God's word to reveal what is in the depths of your heart. God's word not only reveals the deepest truths of who we are, but it has the power to transform our lives. Guys, can I encourage you? Spend more time in the word. Amen. I know people have been Christians 20 years. They've not read through the Bible once. 20 years, you would have to read a paragraph a week to read through the whole Bible in a year, amen, or in 20 years, amen? We should be reading the Bible, desiring it more than our necessary food. We have through the Bible in the year programs we can give you. Guys, can I encourage you to set aside some time for the Lord. Make him a priority. Don't give him the rest of your day. Give him the best of your day. Can I get an amen? Spend time in his word because you know what? It will transform your life and God will use you for his glory. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you. We love you. You are indeed a great and an awesome God. We thank you for your word that it is living and powerful. We thank you for the power of your word to transform lives. We thank you, Lord, that you wrote it down for us. We don't have to guess. We don't have to wonder. Lord, we know the truth, and the truth indeed has set us free. And Lord, I pray if there's anybody here today that doesn't know you, that today would be the day of salvation. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, those of you who are born again already, pray for those who might be here that aren't. If you've never given your life to the Lord, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. I pray that you were convicted today if you don't know the Lord, that it's time to give your life to him. The word repent literally means to change your mind. It means to turn around, to surrender your life to the Lord, to take yourself off the throne and put him there. If it's your desire to do that today, again, by simply confessing with your mouth, and I'm not asking you to join a church, don't want anything from you, just want to tell you how you can have a relationship with the Lord. If you want to leave here knowing that you're going to heaven, that you're born again, that you've been forgiven, that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, and he'll never leave you nor forsake you. If that's your desire, just raise your hand right where you are, and I'll pray with you. Anybody at all? God bless you, brother. Anybody else? Let today be the day of salvation. Don't leave here without the Lord. Anybody else? Lord loves you so much, you'd rather die than live without you. Anybody else? The one who raised his hand, I just pray you'd pray this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning and I confess that I'm a sinner. Lord, please forgive me. I believe that Jesus Christ is God, that he died on the cross and he rose from the dead. I believe by faith in him that I've been forgiven. Help me, Lord, to walk with you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said.